that reflect your glory. Oh, let us find grace in your sight tonight. This is life and destiny, Lord. Life and destiny. Mamu trele de trele bench. Dundele so fafle stenono ons at beginie so tragada. Gat dions attracta peviene gonch etraman digono shepre degono sitela. Nal osive megaetra agdo evrench perenelen grons tremensh tori membeli etelekai. Voice fai tracto ispera. Mushlapa longoro klese tredavo shedemaya. Anio monfi trele tetrongolo strastra vectros tombalai. Koshumelesai. Kapara litro kleka para nombre stare metro la manji peri tetres. Ielen grostrigele mahanje frustrakle hetrahasa. Your word does not return void. Let it accomplish the thing which we have sent it to. Harume fedragos. Kimin jotrambere standro sifresh donono mangrishta. Suru do dele kraklene ndrofristure le manj droptros delevandres tutra aklia. Oi metrezo, no soforaze letra legema na sutresto dove li engele manglitrostro le mengitha. Ah, yas ne frok ni vishimbre strap, no lo gele trak lei para lavandri sostila. To ete nengazo strivini ke lentrom indektro ostele manj, so immengelei stratro l'ombre pentre glego non son trek de pare gidala. Luvrestra la manj e trokni igemena ans eis ore petra davanj eigola otra la patro. Dongulo shi mambele si traptale kle manji prafritna anzo krotoe kalama. Oh, let the heavens open upon us tonight. Midele adrafe sontraya si kaparoshta magrita kara iandolo setredi. A complete turnaround, a change in the direction of our lives. By the power of your Holy Spirit, my Lord, Limangosh estamaviri estash ondri perestaivench egdroemench elebel drachnelen klot doentraf erlemangos andrelemange bretne egono osefarai. Tonight, Ease to hear, manch atrapati, grace to perceive, vare manche, zoe mantra mangreb de zoshelema, renew our strength, renew our vigor for life. Oh, shaman zebrate garabaha, grant us divine optimism, manchi patai, for the days that lie ahead, grant us, oh God, to look ahead with enthusiasm, oh Father. Gigono akina angush epele drigno omfens dagino sontrati patino onseish 
kalamia un etra laip trafen de le dossier us ali li mahatli italia sul skelesia trafikin trosta baci goemba is o klaifrola traton do dosielai main kruk deren klaron klufrlatre le manch o troptela anskilino hosi Befindra ach noimbra aingrus trele mambela in judrak leifel omber peicho tasai. Uik parkai shans aik pakleraktora meila van shelepraktora mambele shai. Tonight we walk in our donation. We align with the intent of the spirit. The design of God is unfolded tonight. Nesh malante. Manjei ko tai parak tai la mandai shola mam prelatrala bahanshka. Finally, the blueprints unveiled. Dorokle la manje broloto sanda blangalantrala manje bratakalimaha. Mangalabaha. Finally, the house can be built. Manshapata. Mashapraka sonda brakilo hosatakalida. Oh, Mashallah Maha, Mondele Grata Liga Mahas Kezor Donklera Kabaha. Yes, Father, yes, Father, Bateno Gobohoi, by wisdom a house is built, by understanding it is established, and by knowledge it is filled with all the treasuries thereof. We thank you that you are establishing wisdom in our lives, you are establishing understanding. In our lives, you are establishing knowledge in our lives. Oi paratali garabaha, le grand sora manje proto selemanish ele trukle mavretrekfus, ais eikoi mahan, tanahai, tanakoi, lesolahait, dektroen devench aleman kliton, dombile centralata tredosom prestala, yoik pafrekt ais ontrat me epevigitiai. Aleiko troi pentrakli mingit oik braval de stralata. Da engeloi trahans eipavai. Imitife, cefelite, cefatri hitre hesta saletila. Tanditri lehektro okloi fremenj oklitno onj sai ingoi. Aeng pokraik maik naish aiparlaik naik oikatai. Angele hais. Shalatale harle hetre ectu volo ochi idalabahai. Shalitri, pacafise, shemalasaru, comiza bahasha, somaive cosega mahata, shamalata, corule mahasi, gangarecto otravameshi, hakus manahas mashi parahai, mos eka paradi. Breathe upon us, Holy Spirit. Kanshimadai. Breathe upon us. Oh, breath of God. Breathe upon us. Walk into this room and change our story. Walk into this room and transform our lives. Oh, an irrevocable change. Moliamam Blastoriminda Shamambika Suta Kazuzuzugububu Silamai. Thank you, Father. 
Thank you, Father. I don't know about you, but I sense something in the room. I sense something in this room. What can it be? Who can it be? Spirit of the Sovereign God. The Spirit of the Sovereign God. The Spirit of the Sovereign God. I don't know about you, but I feel something in this room. What can it be? What can it be? None other than the Spirit of the Sovereign God. None other than the Spirit of the Sovereign God. The Spirit of the Sovereign God. There is liberty, freedom, where the spirit of the living God is. Uh. There is freedom, there's liberty, where the spirit of the spirit of the sovereign God is. Freedom, freedom, the consequence of his presence. Emancipation, emancipation from bondage. From limitations, freedom, freedom, where the Spirit of the Lord is. Emancipation from from limitations liberty 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 is upon liberty I 
something in the room. There's someone in the room. I don't know about but I sense there's someone in this room. several things with you on what constitutes 
a truly successful life. And it has nothing to do with what you possess or the material possessions that are at your disposal. True success is a response to obedience to God with regards to your destiny. Every man has a responsibility to find out why he was born. And until he finds that out, he has not begun to live. Life in the garden only began after God told man who he was and what he was supposed to do. So our whole lives, our whole lives, the force behind our lives <coughs> must be undergirded by our understanding of what God who God has made us to be. So we are all responsible to know and discover destiny. Destiny is a discovery. You can't be taught destiny in the classroom. You can't be taught destiny even in the church place. Destiny is a consequence of an encounter that a man has with God. God doesn't need any man to tell you what he has planned for you. He needs you. He needs you. He does not need to dispose of his plans concerning your life on other men. You know, there are people who think that they know more about God's purposes and plans for another person than the person themselves. <laughs> you cannot. It's impossible. So destiny becomes a hidden veil to the man who does not take the necessary steps to seek it out. So I said to you last night that <coughs> You cannot discover it until you learn to discern God's voice in your life. God's voice in your life is the most important thing you could ever attain. More important than your status in life, more important than your credentials, more important than your titles, more important than your relationships or connections, more important than any other thing that you may prize in life. God's voice is the anchor of all that life is. Your life finds its definition from what God says. If a man ever lives without what God has said to them, he is living aimlessly. No matter how much he seems to rise, it's a purposeless rise. It's vanity. And oftentimes such rises <coughs> bring with it catastrophic falls. 
So the passion you put in the endeavors of life should be directed at finding God's voice for you. You can't be taught to hear God. Nobody can teach you to hear God. Nobody taught you to hear your mother. Nobody taught you to discern the voice of your mother. Nobody taught you that this is your mother. This, no, nobody taught you that. <coughs> All of that came as a consequence, a result of your affinity to your parent. So you only know God's voice through proximity. And I told you the only way you learn to clearly interpret and articulate his voice is through the Spirit. So I said to you last night that altars are important. You must build your life upon the foundation of altar. The Bible says we have an altar to eat from. An altar to eat from. And others do not have. So you ask yourself, where, where do I fit? Where do I fit in the purposes of God for me? <coughs> so I said to you that tonight I want to share with you something that I feel is more important than all other things. Hebrews chapter number four. You know, I know what you thought when I told you that we will have a life and destiny seminar. I know what you thought that you will hear. You know, work hard, you know, be diligent at work, you know, study hard. <laughs> I know what you thought you were going to hear. But life is much more than that. All those things, brothers and sisters, are baseless. They are significant only only goes as far as this earth. God created man much for much more than he having to go to school, finding a job, getting a wife, growing old, buying a house. God created There is an eternal perspective to why you are alive. And until you take a hold of that eternal perspective, every other thing in this life will elude you. So you begin chasing shadows because you have no understanding of reality. So you start chasing after the money. You start chasing after the status. You start chasing after the symbols. Yet Jesus says life does not consist of the abundance of things that man possesses. What shall it profit a man? That he should gain the whole world and lose his soul. How much is your soul worth? One day Jesus is shown by the disciples. Grand your buildings, beautiful buildings. They say, Master, you see all these beautiful buildings. Jesus said to them, Verily I tell you, that not one of these shall be left standing. Why? Because he had a conception of the future. They saw the beauty. 
He saw its end. He saw their end. They saw the magnificence of the building. He knew 40 years from that day, all those buildings will come crashing down. How important it is to always have an eternal perspective to life. How important it is to always understand that there is an end to this thing, to this journey that we call life. So what will your life be? Fulfillment is much more important than possessing the externals of life. And only an encounter with the living God can grant you that. Only an encounter with the living God. So that's why I told you that pursuing to discern God's voice. And not only that, but creating the right foundations will help you clear your path to destiny. Doesn't matter if you are 30, 40, 60, 50. Doesn't matter. (coughs) Time is not your enemy. Ignorance is. Ignorance is. So Hebrews chapter 4. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 4. We there? Hebrews chapter 4 verse number from verse number 14. There? Okay. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. Verse 16. So on account of what he has previously said, He says, let us therefore draw near boldly. Yeah? To what? Now ask yourself, why doesn't he say to the throne of God? He says, he doesn't say, let us draw near to the throne of God. That would be the logical Conclusion, correct? That, hey, on account of what Jesus has done, let me draw near to the throne of God. Let let us draw near to the throne of God. But the Spirit of God intentionally (coughs) inspires Paul to say, let us draw near to the throne of God. Of God. Uh -uh. Of grace. There's a reason why he says that. So he says, let us therefore draw near boldly to the throne of grace. That, that, that ye may obtain what? Mercy. 
and mm, for help in time of need. Notice, he says, we draw boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain from who? <laughs> from, from, from who? who? Who's at the throne of grace? What is the throne of grace? That we should come and obtain mercy. And then he says, find grace. Find grace. He says, for help in time of need. He says, the help you need in the time of need is mercy and grace. He says, the reason for mercy, the reason for grace is for help in time of need. It's for help in time of, when is the time of need? When is the time? When is the time of need? Because he tells us at that time you need help. So every time there's a need in our lives, there is a requirement for what? For help. The situation, the circumstance demands, requires help. And he says, mercy. And grace are the instruments of God's help. They come from the throne of grace. Notice the throne of grace. They proceed from the throne. He does not say from God. Even though, even though it is from God, the scripture's implication. Is not from God. It's from the throne of grace. So we must ask ourselves, what is the throne of grace? And what is so significant about the throne of grace that we should approach it with such boldness as to obtain mercy and find, find, find. Notice he says, find, discover, locate grace. So the nature of grace is not to be given, but to be found. The nature of grace, the character of grace, is that it must be found, it must be discovered. So, though it is available, its release waits for its discovery. You see, this is the one thing that is far more important to your life, to your destiny, to your future than any other thing in this world. Grace. And he says, we are all given access to the throne of grace. The throne of grace. So the authority of life is grace. The power over life is grace. The power over need 
is grace. What is grace? Because grace has a throne, huh? Grace has a throne. The throne of grace. The throne. The word there is thronos. It is the seat of grace. So what is grace? You see, when you want to learn the definition of words, it is important that you go to the place where that word is first mentioned in the Bible. That will give you a clear picture of what the overall nature and uh, 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 character of the word is throughout the entire Bible. So the use of that word in the first instance where it shows up reveals to us how it will be used throughout the entire Bible. So there is a place where grace is first mentioned. Genesis chapter 6. That's the first time that word is mentioned. Genesis chapter number 6. We there? Let's read from verse 5. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was continually great in the earth, and that every intent of the thought of his heart was continually evil. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the face of the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping thing and birds of the air. For I am sorry. The word there should have been, I regret that I have made them. So you look at the landscape of the earth at that time. The Bible says it was wicked beyond wicked. And God determined, determined from Regret that you will destroy all mankind. He looked and the earth was wicked. In other words, it had become so corrupt that it was impossible for it to be restored again. So what God had to do is that he was wipe up every single thing he had created and start all over again. God is saying this. But then the Bible says something in verse 8. Listen to this. But Noah found. There's that connotation again. But Noah found grace. Did he not say to approach the throne of grace that we may find grace? Isn't it strange that the first place, the first mention of that word grace includes the word found. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. He found grace in the eyes of the Lord. He found grace in the eyes. Notice, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. The only thing that could help man at that time was God's discovery of a man upon whom he can show his grace. So grace was the only thing that can preserve a people. 
and God didn't find it. Noah found it in the eyes of the Lord. What did he do to solicit grace? What did he do to be distinguished among the rest? What did Noah do that he found grace in God's eyes? Notice, grace is found in no other place except the eyes of God. So grace has to do with something that God sees on a man or in a man that causes him to show his grace unto him. We have still not defined what it is. So Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. This now would become the, the system through which God would eternally preserve men. If you will find grace, that man in his generation will be distinct. So the man who has grace is different from the rest. The man who has grace is not like the rest. The man who has grace can avert God's judgment. Strange. Strange workings of God. Life was about to end for all mankind. Except for one. Huh. Noah found grace. Noah found grace. How did he find grace? And what is that thing that he found that is called grace? Remember, God is a spirit. So whatever grace is, is spiritual in nature. And notice, grace does something to God on the man whom he has shown his grace. It doesn't really do something to the man as much as it does to God. Because Noah found grace. Noah was saved from the rest of the world. So it was grace that moved God. To cause Noah to build the ark. Grace perpetuated the destiny of mankind. It was the possibility of starting over again. Was created because God found grace. So God always worked within the framework of grace. If God cannot find grace in a people, in a land, God cannot perpetuate his plans over that region, over those people. So because God found grace to give to a man, God could continue his plans. So what is grace? This word, this exact word, chen, C-H-E-N, or C-H-A-N, depending from where you uh, look at it from. This word, they can't find its definition. They, they can't find it. They have tried. So they translated it as graciousness, Favor, most of the time, 86% or 90% of the time, it is translated as favor. But if you go throughout all the dictionaries, they can't really find it. 
They can't really describe what this thing. They only say it is, it is, it is favor. It is grace. And what we have been taught throughout Christianity is that this is the thing that is unmerited. But it's a lie. It's a lie. Grace is that which flows from God freely. But it must be solicited. There are conditions to meet the demands or requirements of grace. And Noah must have met them for God to save him from the rest of the world. So whatever Noah did is what caused the grace of God to come upon his life. So he found it. And if you read throughout the 69 times it appears, every time grace has to be found. And it is found in God's eyes. So what is it? <laughs> what is it? This tells you, Jesus said this. He says, the last days will be like the days of Noah. The last days will be like the days of Noah. Huh? So the same conditions that were enacted or that enacted the wrath of God upon that generation is the same conditions that will enact the wrath of God upon this generation. And it is also the same conditions upon who will meet the requirements of grace, meet the conditions of grace that will be spared. Remember, it was Noah who built the ark. Let's not go there now. So, let's read that again. Piano, piano. of Noah. Noah was a just man. Perfect in his generations. Noah walked with God. So you can see where grace goes. Noah was a just man. Perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God. Noah was a just man, a righteous man. The word righteous there means he was a lawful man. He was one who kept to the laws of God. See, the problem is that we, 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 we are living in a Christianity that is baseless in, in truth. We have debated, we have divided God into Old Testament and New Testament. The Bible says God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That means He does not change. Time does not change God. 
So what is grace? What is grace? So it's favor, right? Is graciousness. Is whatever it is. Okay? So I'll give you the definition of grace as the Spirit gave it to me. Because I searched, you know, I searched Dake, I searched Spirit Life Bible, I searched Strong's Concordance, I, I searched Enhanced Dictionary, I searched, I still couldn't find any, any coercive, uh, coherent meaning for grace. And then I said, Lord, you tell me, what is grace? Because this thing is so important that it preserved a man from suffering the fate of humanity. So I said, Lord, please help me. Now listen to this. Number one, grace is what makes man attractive to spirits. You see, how spirits, primarily, we're talking about, not talking about demonic spirits, all right? We're talking about the spirit of God. How a spirit or how the spirit of God attaches his, himself in operation to a life is through grace. So God does not work in an environment where his grace is not first established. <laughs> so, so grace, the meaning of grace, because grace, oh, grace works on the eyes of God. So grace is that which makes a man attractive to spirits. So there was something that attracted God to Noah. It was his righteousness. There was something that attracted God to Noah. It was his perfection. There was something that attracted Noah to God. It was that he walked with God. He pursued God. So God was attracted to him. That's what uh, grace is. It is the attraction of a spirit. The attraction of the spirit of God to a man. So when we say Noah found grace, it means God was attracted by Noah. Because the word Shem is also translated as one who finds pleasure in another. So God had pleasure in Noah because he was attracted to him. <laughs> it's the pleasure that God derives from men. Oh, remember. God created all things for his pleasure. There's no other reason why God created the heavens, created the earth, created man, except for his own pleasure. Revelations, the Bible says, for you created all these things for your own pleasure. It was because God had pleasure, delight in his creation that he created it. So you can ask what motivated God to create you. It was pleasure. She was pleased in the act of creating you. She was pleased with the idea of creating you that he went forth and created you. So the motivation for creation, the origin of creation is grace. God must have had to first have pleasure in what he wanted to create before he could create it. So pleasure motivates God. 
and that's what we we find to be grace God's pleasure on a man God being pleasured by a man God delighting in a man because the man had met the conditions that solicited his pleasure the Bible says my soul takes no pleasure in he that draws back that means there are actions that you may do that can offend God to the point where he stops having pleasure in you okay he says I was there I was beside him as the master craftsman and my delight was with the sons of men he says my eyes go to and fro seeking 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 who am I demonstrate my pleasure and my grace so what the who the spirit of the Lord is the Bible calls him the spirit of grace the seven spirits of God sent out into all the world the Bible says they are the eyes of the Lord going to and fro what are they looking for men who give God pleasure for before he was taken Enoch had this testimony that he pleased God Pleasure attracts the presence of God to a man. I will show you in a minute. So to, to have grace is to have an advantage in life. To have grace is to have the greatest advantage in life because that goes beyond human connections. It goes beyond human intelligence, human strength, human will, human power. It is the enforcement of the aid of the supernatural power of Almighty God that you may find grace for help in time of need. If you need help, you must find grace. In whatever area you are in in your life, the help you require is grace. The agency of the Spirit's power is grace. So Noah found grace. Where is your grace? Do you, do you realize that even though Jesus Christ was the Son of God, He had to obtain, He had to discover grace from God. You are my Son in whom I am pleased with. And the, and the child grew in wisdom and found grace with God and man. Grace is what distinguishes man. Grace. Grace. You find a Christian who had just come into the Lord, fresh love, fresh fire, fresh zeal for the Lord. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the Lord begins swiftly moving them from one point to another. And you that have been old in Christ wonder, I have been here this long and nothing has happened. Is it not what happened with the prodigal son? He wasted his father's money. He wasted his part of the money. And when he had come to nothing, he said, I will return to my father as a servant. But what? While he was coming afar, the Bible says the father saw him and he ran. He did not run for the one who was always there. And when he got to him, he said, Let me be a servant. He said, No, 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 no. He gave him his robe and he gave him his purple ring. And then he said, Go kill the best cow. For my son was lost, now he's found. 
he found grace and when the other came back he started complaining he says i've been with you i did not desert you like this one did and my his father said oh my son all this was yours from the first place he found grace after you have prayed after you have fasted after you have seen god after you've been faithful there is one more thing you must find for every other thing to work brothers and sisters you can build a business you can start a career you can progress and build a family but without grace it cannot succeed that's why it says he that finds a wife finds or obtains favor from the Lord. Why is that so? It is because God takes pleasure in marriage. So when he finds one who has found a wife, his grace cannot help but go there. Because the pleasure of God is in marriage. That's why there is no grace for dating. Are you attractive to God? It is, it is the beauty in a human soul that attracts the Spirit of God to him. You read in the Bible and you find strange workings, strange occurrences with God, with certain men. And you wonder, why isn't this happening to me? And you, you say, you confess, but I am in Christ. You can be in Christ and not have that grace required to walk with God in those dimensions. Even after grace and truth came by Jesus Christ, you still have to receive it. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Number two. The spirit realm will respond to a man who is attractive to God. You cannot attract God and not attract his kingdom and not attract his possibilities, and not attract his abilities, and not attract the dimension from which all life comes from. So if a man has pleasure with God, if a man has favor with God, it is automatic that every other thing that is at God's disposal is also coming to the man. So that is why Noah could not build the ark alone. He needed grace. And grace always comes with the aid of spirits, with the aid of angels. I'll show you in the Bible now. <laughs> number, f- <laughs> number three. Grace is a man's greatest advantage in the, s- in the realm of man and spirits. Because that man will have the backing of God in his life. Grace is behind all the manifestations of the glory of God in a man's life. A man seeking the glory and presence of God must first find grace in the eyes of God. In other words, you, can have, no, you cannot have God's presence in your life, God's glory in your life, unless you have God's grace first in your life. Grace precedes all other manifestations of God's power. The anchor of grace 
is what the Bible calls mercy. Is what the Bible calls mercy. Mercy, mercy is, is the, the privilege that a superior gives to an inferior. You understand that? You understand that? It, it, is, it is a privilege that a superior being gives to a lesser being. It is mercy that is keeping the earth as it is. It's mercy. That's why the Bible says, mercy triumphs over judgment. Do you understand that? That, oh, if God intended to destroy a city, if God intended to destroy a city, a man who has God's mercy can stop God. Moses, let me alone that I may destroy these people and I will create out of you a great nation. Moses says, no, they are your people. And what will other nations say of your reputation? Did God bring them out? And was unable to bring them into what he has promised. The nations will say you are wicked. God says, ah, ah, I have repented from what I have said. And I will do as you have said. Why? Because Moses had mercy. Moses had the grace of God. Exodus chapter 33. Let me show it to you. Find grace. Find grace. Chapter 33. The Bible says, and the grace, it says, and great grace was upon the apostles, and what great power they demonstrated. It was grace that sponsored the exploration. What do you want in life? What do you want to achieve in life? It is grace that is more important than the tools that you have at your own disposal. Grace does not operate on the platform of strength. Paul himself said, I cried to the Lord concerning this thing. And the Lord said, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. Grace is a function. Is a function of what a man's life does to the eyes of God. In, 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 in in Eastern terminology of the word grace, the word actually means to charm somebody. So when 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 Moses when Noah found grace, he, he actually charmed God. He was charmed, he was mesmerized by this man. I have found my servant David, whom my head is upon and I have sworn yeah I've sworn I'll never lie to David he has found him who his soul delights in 
men whom God delights in have favor with God. You, 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 you see what is the objective of your life? What you need to do is get to a point in your life where you pleasure his soul, where you entertain God. Brothers and sisters, that's what you need for this life. Entertain spirits and you will thrive. The Bible called Enoch. It says one whose dwelling is among the angels. You are so saturated in God. God says, come. He's still alive today. He's older than <laughs> all men. He was not for God to give. What caused that? Favor. It tells you how rapture will happen. Men without favor cannot be raptured. So many times you pray, oh God, show me your glory, oh God, I need your presence. You don't need his presence, you need grace. Because if you have grace, you won't have to ask for his presence. You won't have to ask for his glory. All manifestations of the glory of God are due to the fact that God has found somebody in whom his grace can be poured upon. Yes. So men are not anointed because they pray much. Men are not anointed because they fast much. Men are not anointed because they spend time in prayer and on the mountains. No. Men are anointed because they have attracted God. There is an attraction of God in their life. God cannot help but be magnetized to them. I always tell you, you can pray more than me. Ah, but to be anointed as I am, you would, you would need something much more than prayer. It's called grace. That's, what, that's why you find there are other pastors who can pray for a deaf person 10 times and the person still not be healed. Try 20 times and they are barely healed. And there are those who can just touch their ears and they are opened. Touch their eyes and they are opened. Speak a word and they are healed. It's not their prayer life. They have done certain things in their secret place that, that, that God cannot help but be attracted to and and listen to me brothers and sisters you cannot discover grace unless you are on the pathway of purity any other thing described as grace outside of a life of purity is nothing but deception because grace is discovered in holiness grace is discovered in righteousness grace is discovered in purity
So there are men who may not pray. You see, that, that's why many people do not understand the mystery of function in the kingdom. You look at other people and you wonder, but I pray more than them. No, they are holier than you. <laughs> Holiness is measurable. Is measurable. God measures holiness. That is why only the high priest could go into the Holy of Holies and not the priest. As far as they could go was the holy place. Why? Because the criteria to enter was a greater degree of holiness. So only the holiest of holy can enter into the Holy of Holies. That's why the requirements for Aaron was different from his sons. And then there's another dimension greater than Aaron. That was Moses. Why? Moses had grace. It's grace that made God struck Miriam with leprosy and leave Aaron alone. It was grace that preserved Moses amongst all other children in Egypt that was slew by Pharaoh. It was grace that preserved Jesus when Herod was massacring children. You know, you, you know what the Bible says about Moses? The Bible says because he was beautiful, his mother could not allow that he was killed. The Bible says, when Pharaoh's daughter saw Moses that he was beautiful, he took, she took him in and she became, he became her daughter. I mean his son. You are trying too much. Trying to get to meet that guy who will connect you to that guy. <laughs> Uh, trying to push your grades so that at least maybe, maybe, maybe you will get that post. You don't know. The, the Bible says, the Bible said in, 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 in Isaiah 15, it says, I will feed you with the heritage of Jacob and cause you to walk upon the highways of the earth. The highways on earth. On the highway, you're only restricted by speed. No stop signs. No robots. The, the only limitation on the highway is speed. And you, you can be sure that the highway that God desires to lead his people through has no traffic. The Bible says there is a, there is a path which no fowler knows, no lion is tread upon. The Bible calls it the highway of holiness. Who God shall lead is people who are good before his side. We must wake up, brothers and sisters. We must wake up to the realities of the kingdom. 
and we must shun the Christianity that has introduced to us weakness and deception and say no and follow the truth. The Bible says Jesus Christ is the reality. And he said, narrow and hard and hard is the way that leads to life and few they be that find it. Only the grace to us. You need grace to walk this path. Yeah. Listen to me, brothers and sisters. When you are born, God gives you one path. There's one path between the start of your life to the end of your life. Along the way, that path may be crooked. God doesn't change it. God doesn't give you a new path because the path you started out with became crooked. God must straighten out that same path. Jesus came through crooked paths. We need the advantage of the Spirit. Man cannot do without the supernatural. Man cannot do without the aid of higher power. And what other power than the power of the sovereign God? Not by might, nor by power, but by might. How do you want to live this life? Do you want to live this life by the strength of man? Even the youth shall fail, but they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. These things are not taught because what most ministers teach you is that pull down your car, pull down your house, pull down your money, call your wife. Eh, 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 eh. <laughs> it's coming now, now, now. Shout! Praise your way in. <laughs> and you know inside that uh, this can't be it. Imagine God telling Adam, my son, praise your way into the garden. Praise your way into the garden. Some things have no base. And we live our entire lives accepting that as reality. And like the children of Israel, we go around the same mountain for 40 years. Why? Because we've been sold a lie. Samotaka. I want to show you this and then I want to show you one last scripture and then I'm going to pray. Hallelujah. churches don't have the same measure of graces. God does not give. Chapter 33 verse 12 Then Moses said to the Lord 
Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, bring up these people. But you have not let me know whom would you send with me. No, 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 no. Moses is talking here. Moses is talking here. He's on assignment. He said, you, you, he's talking to God. He says, you have said to me, bring up these people. But you have not told me who you will bring with me. Now the question you must ask, was Moses referring to physical aid or something else? Because this was years later. They come out of Egypt. Now Moses is asking God, who will you? Why didn't he ask him when God was sending him to Egypt? Now he said, but you have not told me who you will send with me. God knew exactly what Moses was talking about. Listen to his reply. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. Yet you have said, I know you by name. And you have also found grace in my sight. Now therefore I pray. If I have found grace, there's, there's that terminology again. If I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way that I may know that I have found grace in your sight. And consider that this nation is your people. What, what is Moses asking here? He's asking somebody something that each and every single one of us should ask concerning our own lives. You have brought me here. You have not told me where to go. You have not sent me the help I require. But you say I found grace in your sight. So Moses is asking for something. But he, he, he knows how to ask for it. He's not just saying, hey, no. Talk, no, he's he saying, no, no, no. If I have found grace in your sight. He's posing a question of grace to God for something that he requires from him. Some of us can pray like that. You know what? Because you know that if God looks at us, there is nothing in us that he will find attractive except Christ in us. No holiness, no dedication, no purity, no consecration, no commitment, no faithfulness to God. Nothing of that sort. Only Christ in you. Only salvation. Only the hope that lies in Christ. So you know, you can't pray, oh God, if I have found faith. No, you can't pray. Because you know. If it were not for Christ, most of us would be very repulsive to God. You know, the Bible says there's a stench went out from Solomon unto the Lord. You know that? That the Bible says, and Solomon began to stink before the Lord. The man whom God gave wisdom like none other. Why? He had forsaken God. Your life is a perfume. The Bible says that God, we are Christ's fragrance to the lost and to the saved. So what strengthens its scent in the spirit and amongst men is obedience to God. So Moses, if I have found, if, 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 he doesn't say I, he says no, if, if, if. He, know, he knows what he has done. He knows, 
He knows what he has done. So he knows he's touching God where God cannot say no. If, 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 Moses, truly, if Moses has found grace in God's sight, God cannot resist Moses the things which he asks. So he says, approach the throne of grace if I have found grace in your sight. Oh, Jesu, Femmereko, Jesu, strengthen my career. And your career is not strengthened. The more you pray, the business dwindles. The more you pray, the lesser job opportunities you have. Why? You are approaching it wrongly. He says, come to the throne of grace. He says, he says, deal with God on the platform of grace. If you want to get what you need from God, you must deal with Him from the platform of grace. God will not give you the things you need or send the aid you need except on the platform of grace. And remember, grace is not free. You must believe this. You must, hey, study the Bible. Oh, okay, okay. Paul says, for, we have, for all have sinned, and what? Fallen short of what? The glory of God, the grace of God. He says, you, we have fallen from grace. So, you can lose grace. Anything that can be received can be lost. Even salvation. <laughs> So God responds to this guy. He responds to him. And he said, verse 14, God, my presence. Moses said, you have not yet told me who will go with me. God is saying, my presence. He's not saying him. He's saying, my, he's not saying I, he says my presence. My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then he said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us from here. Now, now, Moses, God just told you his presence will go with you. Now you are telling God, if his presence does not go with you, it's senseless, right? But you, you must understand the communication, what was happening there. Moses was asking God for something greater than what God was offering. God was offering them his angel. If you read Isaiah 66, you will, you will hear about the angel of his presence. That was the angel that God appeared to Moses with. On Mount Heron and God is still saying my presence will go and Moses if your press if your presence does not go with us take us do not bring us up from here now listen to this for how will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight except you go with us except you go with us you see what he was asking except you go with not your presence not your angel except you go with us Mm -hmm. 
Moses had already seen the exploits of this angel because this was the angel that always went before them in every battle. But now he's saying, uh-uh, I want you. You will see that Moses was actually referring to God because he changes his term and he changes his description of his request. Listen to this. Except you go with us, so shall we be separate, your people and I, from all the people who are upon the face of the earth. Do you see what grace does? It separates you among the rest. So the Lord said to Moses, Hey, I will do this thing that you have spoken. Because you have found grace in my sight. Uh, uh, because. He said, I, now God, God is, is, is succumbing to Moses' request. He says, because you have found grace in my sight. What have you asked that has not come? I can tell you where the, where the question should lie. Have you found grace in his sight? Moses, I will do the thing that you ask. You see, you see, you see the, 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 the platform on which prayer is answered is not on merit, is on whether or not you have found grace in his sight. Notice, you must find it. And you don't find it by asking for it. We there? He said, for your found grace in my son, and I know you by name. Then Moses did something now. He went beyond. He says, show me your glory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, look at look. Oh, Moses is doing the same thing that Abraham did. Abraham started off, he says, can I speak to the judge of the earth? And God said, sure, sure thing. He says, okay, say if you find 50, will you spare? God said, for surely for 50 righteous people, I will spare. Then he said, can I go further? And God said, yes. And if you find 30, you can. And then he said, can I go further? He said, find 20? Yes. And then he said, please, please, do not be angry with me. <laughs> I just want to ask this one, this one last time. And God said, sure thing. And he says, if you find 10, he says, surely for 10. And he stopped asking. Why? Because he became afraid. Now Moses was unable to to formulate the request from God up until that moment because God had granted him the highest thing before his glory the highest thing was that God himself will go with them now since since God granted him this request look at what men are asking for Chris they are not asking for houses not asking for jobs not asking for boyfriends not asking for marriage men are asking for the glory of God asking for the presence of God you would think that after God had granted Moses his request Moses would say now I want you to give me to give me the south continent I want the south continent. no 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 Oh, after you have found grace in the eyes of God, may God give you the wisdom to know what to ask for. May God give you the wisdom to know how to ask for the right things. There are times I'm outside the presence of God. 
in the sense that I'm not praying, I'm not doing, but I'm thinking, oh God, I need this. Oh God, physical things. Oh God, I need this. Oh God, I need this. Then his presence manifests himself to me. And I can't ask for what I was thinking I was going to ask when I'm meeting. Why? Because in the presence of Almighty God, the soul recedes, the spirit ascends. And only what is in your spirit can come out. So he said to him, show me your glory. Show me, show me your glory. So every manifestation of God's presence and God's glory in your life, in a church, in a city, in a nation must be preceded by the fact that God had found grace in that church, in that person, in that city, in that nation. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin debases it. So the nation that is righteous will have grace coming to it. The nation that upholds righteous law will have grace coming to it. For he gives grace to the humble. That's one of the ways to solicit grace is to be humble. What is humility? Humility is what we know and what is called in the Bible brokenness. A contrite spirit. A broken spirit. Unless and until you are broken, you cannot have grace. Grace is not in the arena of requests. It's in the arena of brokenness. And he humbled himself to the point of death. Therefore, God highly exalted him. The lower you go, the higher you are set. So in your lives, you might find that you are reaching a certain peak level of grace. And you wonder why, why you can't ascend, why you can't go up. You must go low, low. You must go down. He says he resists the proud. The lofty, the high, he resists them. Then he says, humble yourself under the mighty hand. Uh, notice, it is uh, the hand, under the mighty, mighty hand. My, that is the hand that suppresses you. The hand, oh God. The Bible says that Moses was the most humble man in the whole face of the earth. There was no man more humble than Moses. And if you read that word, Humble. You know what it means? Depressed. He was the most depressed man on earth. Therefore, he could handle the greatest level of power. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. To be under the mighty hand of God means you are under God's sway. When God says stay, you stay. When God says move, you move. Many people don't know what that is. They, 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 they have not yet understood the way of the Spirit. They think it is God's agenda. Listen, he that runs fast does not necessarily mean he will finish. It's not, the, it's not speed that determines accomplishment. The same God who says to you, run, is the same God who says to another, wait. So don't judge God's ways, God's workings by the collective assertion of man. 
Everybody is running. So you think, you suppose, oh, I must run too. No. There's a time to run. There's a time to wait. And all that dictates those times is God. His hand controls the floods. He dictates the movement of the seas. He says, humble yourself under his hand. In other words, let him guide you. Let his eyes lead you. If he says, wait, wait. That's what success is. Success is not defined by what men say, by men's opinions, by, by men's accreditation. Success is decided on the arena or basis of what God said you must do that you have done. So you humble yourself that in due time he may exalt you. Listen, it is a divine ordination that all men must rise. It is divinely ordained that all men must rise. But how you rise Matters. So a man who has learned to discern God's voice in their lives cannot be swayed by the pressures of the common man, of society, or the ideologies that proliferate a people. He is dictated moved by God's hand. The Bible says when the cloud moved, they moved. Sometimes the cloud stayed in the same region for two years, for three years. They did not move. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. There is another way. Notice what Moses was asking. He says that the nations may know that me and your people have found grace in your sight. But when God speaks to Moses, he doesn't say you and the people. He says you have found grace. So the people only found grace because Moses already had grace. Ephesians chapter 4. Can I be the same? After I have touched your grace and felt your embrace, my life cannot remain the same, God. How can I be the same? After I've encountered your grace and felt your embrace, my life can never be the same, God. Let me find your grace. Let me find your grace. I know I'll never be the same Life will never be the same 
sight of the Lord for your life for your destiny sometimes God comes into a place not because the pastor is living right but there's somebody in the congregation who's consecrated themselves to God and the pastor becomes deceived to think that that power came because of him knowing in himself that he does not live right. Such deception. Such deception. If you will find somebody who is worthy of his grace, he will stop at nothing to demonstrate his glory through their lives. God found me when I was nothing. A young boy with carnal dreams and carnal plans. Who only had hopes of what life would do for him. <coughs> and he encountered this nothing called me. Changed my story. I still remember the first day I heard the voice of God audibly. I remember the hour, I remember the day. I will never forget the words that resonated, the force with which it came. From that day, I dropped every goal, every plan, every dream, every ambition. And I threw myself upon the mercies of God. And I said, if you could do it with Solomon, with David, surely you could do it with somebody like me. It's been 12 years I've been following that voice. Where is it leading? I only know what he says to do next. My confidence in life. Somebody asked me, we were having a healing meeting in Durban. And after they've seen what they've seen, after they saw the miracles they've seen, somebody came and asked me after church and service, he said, how do you know that when you pray for this person, they will be healed? I said, I don't need to know. I know in who I have believed and I know who has called me that is my confidence that is my confidence because I have heard him speak and I have seen him perform what he has said 
You can't make a doubter of such a man who has heard God speak and seen what he said he will do when he did it. These hands as witness blind eyes opening, deaf ears opening, the lame walking, these hands have seen it all. But I know without a doubt that there is nothing in this vessel there is nothing in this vessel that can claim the glory. But my ability to hear. If you can discover that in your life, your life will never be the same. I know I am where God wants me to be because he told me where I must be. Life does not need to be trial and error, brothers and sisters, especially if you are a Christian. There is the spirit of truth. I have no concerns about my life. God is trustworthy enough. A man of 75 years old, no child, only he and his wife living in his father's house one day god meets him and he says leave now thy country and your father's house and go to the land that shall show you without question the man abandons himself to the trust of the voice that he has heard he had seen no other previous validations of the one that he's speaking but he chose to follow one day after god had fulfilled his promises to him he said take now the promise which i have given you and offer it to me Without question, he did the same thing. What moves man to make such actions? They have heard God. They have heard God. They have heard God. Ephesians chapter 4. How can I be the same? After I've encountered your grace, felt your embrace, life can never be the same. Ephesians chapter 4. And then I'll pray for you. Listen to me. The spirit of grace is in this place. hear somebody who is a pastor or a man of God gather people together and say we're going to have a business meeting a career day my question is what business does a man of God has to do with business what business does a man of God have to do with career his job is to focus on the spirit that called him. He, he should make any, listen to me, any man of God that does not major on the spirit does not know what he's doing. He has not encountered God. He has not. He has not because the, 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 the only indicator that a man walks with God lies in his consistency of representing the spirit 
who sent him and commissioned him. If he, if did Jesus teach carpentry? When Jesus, when Jesus, when, Je- when Jesus had had all those multitudes in the wilderness and he was sitting there, did he say, "Hey, hey, let me just digress a little bit and teach you about the principles of carpentry"? Did the apostles now, after they've come into ministry, start teaching fishery? You don't stand here because you have a degree in in science or... No, 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 you're not a man of God because you have a degree. You're, You're not even a man of God because you went to school. You are a man or woman of God because you encountered God. That is the legislation of ministry and service. So now because knowledge university and so so have so Yeah, now I'm a doctor. I have a master's. Masters only have sick sick people. Masters will not deal with the problems of men that are spiritual in nature. Only God's anointing can deal with the people's problems. Only God's anointing can deal with the situations in the people's of God's lives. And too many of what is going on today is done in human strength. It's not your 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 ability to orate that qualifies you to be a preacher. Listen, if a man can prophesy but cannot demonstrate the power of God, something is wrong with him. You know why? Because that means that means. The, the same energy, the same power that makes another prof, that makes you prophesy, the same power that causes you to bless and heal others. If that power can make you something, something with you. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 4, and then we're gonna pray. It's Friday, it's Friday, so you don't need to be in a hurry, alright? Jesus stayed the whole night. He only gave them food at the end of the three days. <laughs> you know, so Jesus stayed with them three days. He preached, he preached three days. Then the third day, the Bible says he had compassion. Where was his compassion? The... He needed to do what? <laughs> Now it's time to send them away. He says, hey, have compassion on this. <laughs> but the, the entire three days, he demonstrated no power. He only taught. At the end, he demonstrated power. That, imagine, imagine, for three days he was teaching. The last day, he demonstrated power. They wanted to make him king. He had to run away on account of what he did that la- what whatever he was teaching it may it 
registered not with them. Only the part that he fed them. So I said, you, you want to make me king because I fed you. <laughs> so wait. 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 And you know, there are, there are people, they like, they like to fall under the power before time. You know, they like to respond before time. You know them. It's time for... <laughs> Most of them are demons because... <laughs> because it was a demon that screamed when Jesus was preaching. It was a demon that screamed first. <laughs> Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 4. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 4. Verse number 7. But to each one of us, oh, oh God, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. He says to each one of us, grace is not going to be given, was given. The grace was given. In accordance with the measure, the matron of Christ's gift. Herein lies the problem in the lives of God's people. You come into Christ's allocated grace. That grace is your advantage. But what Jesus has done is that he has the expression of that grace to Christ's gift. So whatever grace you have cannot be realized until you encounter Christ's gift. So it is the responsibility of Christ's gift to unlock the grace of God in the lives of God's people because unto each one of us grace was given. Measured by Christ. So, so, before time, God said concerning you that here is your grace, but I have packaged it according to the measure of Christ's gift. Who measures Christ's gift? I need to pray for you tonight, but I also need you to understand why we will be praying for you.
for you in the manner that we will. John chapter 3. Verse 34, please. For he whom God has sent speaks the words of God because God does not give the Spirit by measure. God does not give the Spirit. God does not give the Spirit by measure. God does not give the Spirit. He does not give the Spirit by measure. Do you understand that? God, that means he gives the spirit in fullness, not by measure. God does not give the spirit by measure. So the, the measurements or the measure to which the spirit is demonstrated or manifested in a life is not God's fault, but the recipient's fault. Because God does not give the spirit by measure. God does not measure when he gives. I want you to understand this because it will be easier for you to understand Ephesians 4, 7. Because God does not give by the Spirit by measure, that means the measure of Christ's gift is not measured by Jesus, but measured by the gift itself. So the measure to which the grace of God in your life will be in demonstration is determined not by God, but by the gift. but also great danger. Because that tells you that the level of grace as a child of God you will walk in will always be kept by the measure of Christ's gift. So what is Christ's gift? Okay. The Bible talks about the gift of God, right? Eternal life is the gift of God. The Holy Spirit is the gift of God. Of God, right? Then the Bible talks about the gifts of the Spirit, which are the manifestations of the Spirit, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, discerning of spirits, all the all those things, right? And then there is the gifts of Christ. So when, when the Bible talks about the gifts of God, they're talking about those gifts that only God administers. So they are under the administration of God, like eternal life is under the administration of God. Gifts of the Spirit. The Bible says as the Spirit wills, not as Jesus wills. So they operate and manifest as the Spirit wills. Not as man wills, not as God the Father wills, but as the Spirit wills. That means the administrator of those manifestations is the Holy Spirit. Then there is what we call the gifts of Christ or the gifts of Jesus Christ. Those gifts are not... Those gifts are not like eternal life, spiritual substances. Are not like the manifestations of the spirit. Those gifts are men. Because Jesus is not represented by spirits. He's represented by men. He sent the 12 apostles. He didn't send 12 angels. 
The Holy Spirit sends the angels. Jesus sends men. As my Father has sent me, even so sends I you. So the gifts, the representations of Christ to men is men. So the administrator of those gifts, of those men, is Jesus Christ himself. The Bible calls him the head of the churches. So what Jesus does is that because he knows that there is grace in you, there is destiny in you, what he must do is that he must raise up a man for you. That's why there are very few who are ever called into the ministry. Those who have served God have been lesser than the number of those who follow God. That's why he said he gave some, not all, some. So not all of us are all prophets, are all apostles. No, some, a very few. So that's why in Israel he raised Elijah, he raised Elisha, he raised Moses, he raised David, he raised all those folks. Why? Because he must raise a man for men. He must raise a man for a nation. He must raise a man for a people. So what God does is that he raises a gift for a grace. He raises a gift for the unlocking of grace. Only gifts can unlock grace. Moses, I am now sending you to my people because I have heard their cry. The indication that God heard the cry of the people was Moses. Moses was God's proof that their cry has reached the heavens. So every time God encounters you with a gift, he has encountered you with an opportunity to unlock destiny, to unlock grace, and also to answer the cry of your heart. That's why only one man, Elijah, was sent unto one widow. There were many widows, but he was sent to one. There were many lepers, but he was sent to one.
And how do you know that the church you are in is the right church? It is very easy. You don't even need to hear. The Bible says, when, when, when Elizabeth heard the voice of Mary, the baby keeps. That holy thing of God in you will keep when you encounter a gift that God has sent you to your life. That's why you can sit in churches of anointed men of God and not be moved. Sit in church and, and go to some ah, man of God that is not even known. And when you sit there, something in you begins to stare. Why? That grace has found what? Has found what necessitates its manifestation. Every one of us has destiny. Every one of us has a purpose. Every one of us has a plan. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain. You know, you know, God doesn't want you to build. God wants you to build because He said He must. That's how He lives. He said, Take a work, for my spirit is upon you. Build, for I am with you. If they have built and God did not save, God's blessing will not be. are stewards of the mysteries of God. Graces. Grace for wealth, for finance, for prayer, for intercession, for business. Grace for all sorts of things. You pick up your grace when you meet the gift of Christ. Thank you. I'm going to pray for you. You know, there are prayers of some men that God listens to. You know, there are prayers of some men that God listens to and God cannot but answer them because of what those men have done. Shall I hide anything from Israel? Seeing that he shall command his house in my way. I'm a bearer to Elisha knew that this one is a prophet of God. After he said, Lord, open his eyes and his eyes open. Believe in the Lord. 
and you shall be established. Believe in his prophets and he shall cross you. What happens if you believe in the Lord and not in his prophets? You will be established but not cross you. What happens if you believe in his prophets but not in the Lord? You will prosper but not be established. You understand that? There are people who don't believe in God but believe in prophets. They prosper, but they are lying no foundation. Some of you are at a crossroad in life. Don't know whether to go this way or that way. But he said, at such times in life you shall hear a voice behind you. Saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. It is the voice of my spirit. And God has been trying to get across to some of you. But because of the cares of this life, your heart has been distracted from listening to the voice of your destiny. <coughs> Tonight I pray that you will hear God's voice loud and clear in your spirit, telling you this is the way you should go. These are the steps you should take. This is the turn you should make. Oh, brothers and sisters, life is too short to live by trial and error. Life is too short to live in hopes of having no regrets. Life, brothers and sisters, is only a wonder, only a mystery to those who have not learned how to get into communion with God to hear from heaven. But oh, the door to hear from heaven has always been open. John said, and I saw a door in heaven and I heard a voice that spake unto me as at first saying to me come up hither and i will show you things which
which shall shortly take place. That door is open for us tonight. And that voice is still speaking, saying, come up hither. Come up hither. Come up hither. Leave the plane of the ordinary. And come up to the supernatural. To hear things that eye has not seen. That ear has not heard. That heart has not even received. But hear things that God has reserved for those who love Him. And those who wait on Him. You have waited on the Lord these last three days. Now you will hear Him speak and minister into your life. The impartation you will receive tonight will set you for years to come. One day the prophet of God was sent by God to King Hezekiah. And God said to the prophet to tell the king, tell him to set his house in order for he shall not live but die. And in obedience to God, the prophet of God just relayed the, the message to the king. The Bible says, Hezekiah did something strange. He turned his face to the Lord and began to praise God. And he told him, Oh God, if I die now, know this, that the dead cannot praise you as I am praising you now. And while you are still praising God, Elisha was leaving the courts and the voice of the Lord came unto Isaiah again and he said, Go back and tell him I have heard him and I'll add 15 years to his life. One prayer session shifted things for 15 years in his life. One day the prophet Elijah goes into a nation and says, Thus says the Lord, there shall be no rain in this land until I say so. Three and a half years later, there is no rain. One man's prayer altered the destiny of a nation three and a half years. Brothers and sisters, tonight you are in the presence of Almighty God. Your prayers will alter things for you to come.
important to the Lord. You know, I wanted to release the anointing of the Spirit of God corporately. But I feel in my spirit that I should not give you the indecency of not personally ministering it to you. At this moment, things are changing. Because of the Spirit of the Lord. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. He is in this place and there is liberty in this place. We're just going to sing this song for a few more minutes. I'm going to lay my hands on each and every single one of you. I pray. 
please do it quickly, the first two rows and then move back. Believe, 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 believe. Change is possible. Change is possible. Change is possible. Change is possible. Holy God. Holy God. I'm gonna pray for you row by row, okay? You just come row by row, okay? Please. That are for me,
Nastanish Ebrahita. It's time. <laughs> yes, Jesus, yes, Jesus, yes, Jesus.
Come, please come more than one, maybe three. Please come. Sing, sing, please. Fire for. Thank you. 